Argel. You know what I'm gonna say. It was another great episode with Tyler Franklin. Um, we gotta talk. Kind of got deep a little bit into why we're doing strength conditioning. Um, the impact that he's making that Murray. We gotta talk about um, kind of some coaching as well. Um, how to approach athletes. Um, what how are athletes different nowadays than um, what I've known or what he's known growing up. Um, the distractions that kids have nowadays um and pretty much anything else in between we get to talk about uh training non-athletes or as tyler likes to call them athletes that don't play a sport um and then everything else in between of there so again if you enjoyed this episode uh please share it with a fellow coach and enjoy this episode with tyler franklin a uh, couple of things before we get going off of here. Uh, definitely want to talk about our new sponsor, which is the Working Dog Coffee. Okay, this is from Brennan Sweeney down in uh, North Carolina. Uh, has a coffee has a coffee uh, company down there, and uh, something about that company is is that. You know, there's so many people I know that mindlessly consume coffee through disturbing products on the market. And the solution we have is offering an organic coffee that doesn't have any of the nasty side effects. That's a poorly regulated energy drink. The product, the only products you'll need on the label are 100% organic coffee with organic flavoring. Our two flavors, which is the mouth and the burner, our great mix of a high caffeine product and a classic Com- Colombian favorite blend for coffee drinkers. You can use the code CHATS for 15% off, and every bag you buy will help support working dogs charities around the country. Again, that is code CHATS for the coffee. Now, also, we have to talk about the other sponsor of this podcast. What's the other sponsor for this podcast? You can believe it. It is Team Builder. So let's talk about Team Builder. Team Builder is the software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with an elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. Team Builder full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with team builders and house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with a promo code conjugate to receive a 30 day free trial as well as a 52 week football workout program. Enjoy this episode of the Conjugate Chats. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats. 
Uh, it is Tuesday on the afternoon, about three o'clock ish. Um, I'm on with uh, who Andrew Rafferty called the best mustache in the strength game right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got on Tyler Franklin, who's also the state director for the state of Kentucky and last year's NHSSCA state coach of the year. Tyler, it's uh, it's been a long time coming, man. Uh, I know we kind of chit chatted back and forth about. Um, we want to do it. Well, let's make it happen. And um, I guess life is kind of uh, slowed down for both of us where um, we can sit down and make the things happen, man. Awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, it's been in the talk for a while. Life has been crazy for you. You had a big move this year. Uh, crazy for me and my wife as well. But you sent me that sign up calendar link and got this schedule and uh i'm excited to dive in and see what we got uh ahead of us yeah man uh i do want to shout out you at the beginning of this podcast as well because um you know you're one of those dudes that um helped me along the way when i was going through that big job search and job hunt um back last year in the spring and um i i want to say you know personally and on air as well uh i really do appreciate you tyler um there's a lot of stuff that you do behind the scenes that i know you don't want to take the credit for you don't publicize it um for everyone to you know know and stuff like that man but from my perspective and from me to you like i i really do appreciate it man i know i'm not the only one that you help along the way i know there's many other people too and uh, i really do appreciate you man well thank you for the kind words it is it makes me feel better helping people, especially uh, people that are deserving of that help. And you are one of the kindest, genuine uh, humans that I know. So it was awesome uh, for us to uh, get to know each other in that process. And I enjoyed every second of it. And it's my pleasure, man. Anytime. Hell yeah, man. Well, Tyler's also a Tennessee boy as well. So even though he's state, he's a state director for the uh, for Kentucky. Um, he's a Tennessee boy at heart, and that's kind of how we kind of, I guess, got connected. Which just because I was like, I didn't know you were a Free Harmon graduate. Which I listened to. I think it's Jeremy Carlson. Yeah, Jeremy's I podcast. Yeah, I listened to his podcast, and you mentioned something about going to Free Harmon. I was like, I didn't know this guy was a ten. And mentioned about Hardin County and all that stuff. So I was like. <laughs> I didn't know this guy was a tent and, you know, it just kind of set off from there. Yeah, it did. Uh, like you said, I played ball at Freed and then was a graduate assistant for them and ran the, the weight room strength and conditioning for a couple of teams there. Uh, and even taught in Tennessee until I met my wife. Uh, I was just below Nashville and Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, I met my wife and I've been in Kentucky uh it'll be close to 10 years coming up i've been here nine years and it'll be my 10th year coming up in murray kentucky man uh but i'm not too far from tennessee i'm right there on the state line so family still lives there i still visit there a lot and part of me still calls that home so yeah man absolutely well let's dive into some strength conditioning um let's go for it talk about your normal day what's that look like all right. I don't know if you call it normal, especially uh, teaching high school kids. Uh, but I get to work at about 6.45. I got a, a morning class that that I offer for those kids that, 
that are not able to take my class during the day, whether that's because of scheduling conflict or uh, if they're at the middle school. Uh, I have probably seven to 10 middle, middle schoolers that come in that morning class, which is awesome because by the time they get up to high school, they're already rolling in the programming and what we're doing and their, their movements are a lot better. Uh, we go from about 7 to 7.35 for that class because those middle schoolers start school before we do. My first class, I got 8.15. We got 50-minute blocks, uh, and I've got six of those during the day. My plan is the last hour of the day, which is nice, man. It's like you know, uh, teaching high school kids, it's being on every day and entertaining and trying to make every student that comes in there for the first time, it, it, it gets difficult, man, being on all the time and entertaining. Uh, it's not always easy, but there are good days and bad days. You know that. Uh, my last class ends at 2.10. Uh, and then I've got a little private uh, business that I operate and I've got about seven private clients that I train at one of the local gyms here that uh, my wife and I are co-owners with and depending on if I train them or not some days I'll get home at 6 30 7 30 just depending on how many clients I see after school uh, that's about the typical day uh, without diving into each aspect of what we do each class uh, a 15 Go to 12, I get the infamous 20, 25 minutes to eat lunch <laughs> and then back at it for two more classes. And then, then my day's done as far as uh, the school day goes. Yeah, that school day is always a little interesting to see how different it is from, you know, someone that's in New York like uh, Coach Martin and, you know, seeing it here in Tennessee and then seeing it in Kentucky, like seeing all the different kind of uh, ways that that schedule is structured it's pretty interesting to see like what normal is for them and for here and then again for you in kentucky i uh it is it's crazy because whenever i was in high school we were on the block schedule which was an hour and a half for for each class but you were switching classes at the semester and like my high school did not set me up for like prepare me for what it was going to be like in college so we, I mean, I can't remember ever any teacher that I had in high school that was teaching the full hour and a half. So, I mean, you're teaching 45 minutes and I have 45 minutes to either study for a test or do my homework in that class. Like I rarely had to take a book home and then, you know, you get to college and you've got to do stuff on your own when you're outside of school. I was not used to that. Man, my first semester of college, I had a 1.9 GPA. I was not used to having to do things as far as schoolwork like outside of that classroom and very few professors once you get to that level they i mean they don't care if you fail that class or not uh and i i said when i first started you know murray and doing these classes i would love to have an hour and a half with them a day but it would be tough for me to have to have them leave at the semester you know you got a semester worth of work and you might have some kids that come in, you know, in a morning class to get their stuff in if they don't have you that second semester. But my thought process has changed. Like, 
an hour and a half is a long time to have them, especially if you have them every day. And I think, I, I mean, I've got a pretty ideal setup with 50 minute blocks and I see them five days a week for the full year. And then if they play a sport, a fall sport, I'm seeing those teams as a group during the summer. So uh, a lot of people underestimate the the consistency, consistency that comes with stacking those days over a year, much less if I get you four years, like that's a lot of solid work. If you just come in and get your stuff done daily. Uh, yeah. My mindset has changed from that hour and a half block schedule to, I don't think, I don't think I would be about that life anymore. Yeah. I'm sitting here as a biology teacher. You need, you know, it's as good as I do now. Um, right. we're on block schedule and 90 minutes is a long time to keep those kids <laughs> in, in a single classroom, much less have them sit down, do work, read, whatever. Um, right. I can only imagine in a, a strange setting to where you're like, yeah, it'd be nice to have 90 minutes to work on speed work and plyometrics and strength training and everything else in between. But you also think about that long term of, well, I'm only going to see them, what, four and a half months. and then. Yeah. I'm never gonna see him again after that. I mean, that's that's it's challenging. It's it's definitely challenging. Fifty minutes is about where it needs to be at because you got five minutes to change in and out and then go to class and whatnot. Um, and that's leaves you about forty minutes of good solid work. So yeah. Oh, you're right. Uh and you know, I used to be a big bugaboo about trying to fill every single minute with something but these past two years i've realized like we're still gonna get work in it's okay if we if you miss a day uh as long as you just show up consistently one day is not gonna make you one day is not gonna break you man just like gaining and losing weight like one bad meal is not gonna make you fat uh and one healthy meal is not gonna make you shed those pounds uh so we I just harp on staying consistent, putting quality work in, and like I said, zooming out and looking at the big picture from a year, where we're at at the beginning of the year to where we're at at the end of the year, and ultimately, the jumps you're going to make in four years is the is big picture that we're, we're trying to see, and what is it, like 7% of athlete, high school athletes play the next level? I'm not I'm not sending a lot of kids to go play at the next level. So I want them to be happy uh, in my weight room. I want them to have a good relationship with exercise and taking care of their body. And I want them to have an idea of what to do when they leave me. Uh, like I told Preston in the last podcast I was on, I mean, our job is for them to not need us anymore, you know, uh, feed them to where they're smart enough and able enough to come up with their own programming, hopefully, and implement that and make changes as they see fit, but just have a positive relationship with exercise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this past semester, I had the blessing of having a weightlifting class and mostly being non-athletes. So teaching non-athletes, you know, just regular students of how to squat, hinge, push, press, 
and exposing them to different types of programs. I mean, we ran one by 20. We ran a little conjugate of like, what does max effort feel like? What does dynamic effort feel like? And things of that nature. And what to my surprise was how weak normal students are. I guess I got used to football players and, you know, the 500 pound squat and that big hype and the raw raws and stuff like that. I forgot about like how, how non-strong just regular kids are nowadays. And I mean, I can't blame them totally because, um, I mean, generations are different and some aspects, they got a lot more distractions. They got phones where now we're starting to see more, you know, round shoulders and stuff like that, man. Um, I just, I, it blew my mind at the beginning of the semester. It's like, what do you mean you can't bench 145 or 135? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you can't squat to ask the grass, man? Like, and I mean, it, it just blew me away, man. Uh, it is like that. And like you said, it's just different, different generation. And there, like you said, there's a lot of distractions. You couldn't pay me enough money to be a teenager these days. There's, there's so much that goes on that as far as bullying goes that like that are just behind the scenes on their phones and it, it would be tough to be a kid in this day and age like i know a lot of coaches harp on mental toughness and this and that but like life is hard enough without adding to it especially being a teenager like create a positive experience for them and there's going to be ups and downs just be there for them but you're right uh those kids that don't play a sport i call them i call all of my students athletes i'll just say this athlete that doesn't play a sport uh because that's that's what we're striving for in my class is do athletic things and get some coordination some rhythm uh the strength is going to come especially those athletes that don't play a sport it's it's crazy if they commit to the process of stacking quality days how quick that strength box is to check for them it was like you said like that day one and guys are getting like 75 pounds and struggling with it and then by the end of the semester you know they are benching 135 for reps and that it's exciting to be a part of that because putting a plate is is the ultimate goal for for those students that aren't familiar with the weight room and like how hyped up they get when they finally do get a plate. Uh, it's awesome to be a part of that experience for them and uh, help guide them towards that goal. But strength, man, I don't. I don't harp too much on it. Like I said, if they come in and they get their work in, the strength is going to it's gonna come naturally. I want them to be good movers. I want them to be able to go play a game of pickup basketball 15 years from now because we hammered some athletic stuff, you know. Uh, that's my main goal. I think it should be the main goal for a lot of strength coaches, physical educators. Because strength right. conditioning is intertwined within physical education, for the most part, and I, I guess in every single state. I haven't taken a look at all the physical education state standards for all 50 states. But I know for Tennessee, you know, what we do as a profession, 
lines up as a physical education teacher. I mean, we're allowing them being exposed to different games, different uh, movements, different attributes of their body. I mean, that is physical education, and you're just putting the label on it with physical education. We're just intertwining the two. So, and I, I agree with you. We're we're here to help them be able to take care of themselves, right? Yeah. I, I know not every kid likes the weight room. Shoot, I know about ninety percent of the kids hate going in there, but they do things like they they like things like playing these small side games like tag or sharks and minnows, uh, capture the flag, whatever stuff that they enjoy. And I want them to be able to do things that they enjoy but do it really well and move really well um i I think i put out a tweet about a couple days ago it's like i could care less about strength numbers i mean i i think it i think it's right you know i i like having 500 pound squatters i like having them strong and the weight room is awesome uh i don't think any strength coach would say i don't want strong athletes but it's complimentary it's not absolute and right. I, I think that's, that's an idea, or not an idea, but I think it's what the point's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that we're supposed to be great movers, not great weightlifters. No, you're right. Uh, and, I mean, the luxury of being a high school strength coach, and even, like, once some of these kids get to college, puberty is a wonderful thing and does wonders if, these kids are like shown how to move properly, whether that's in the weight room or uh, bios, jump training, any of that stuff. If if we can move efficiently, then all that other stuff is going to stack up a lot quicker than if they're just bad movers. Uh, but puberty does a lot of my job for me when it comes to the weight room. If the intent is there on the athlete's part and for a lot of athletes I mean I guess about half even the ones that don't put 100% intent like still make gain you'll have the student that will come up to me on test day or when we're we're timing flight tens or when we're testing broad jump and how do do I get (laughs) how do I do better on this just like the work the work is already put been put in like you don't go to your math teacher the day you take a math test and say what do i need to do to make higher on this math test there's there's nothing you can do at that point like i might could give you some feedback on uh sprint technique while we're testing but all these drills that we do when i'm preaching and going over everything that we need to be doing to be better sprinters or better movers in the weight room like the work has been done come test time like it's time to just let it rip uh and i guess i that's one thing that is frustrating is when you have those kids that i don't know if they think they're going to be able to like cheat the system like cheat the lasers or cheat the jump mat but show up and have intent behind the drills we do it is tough, yeah, especially when you're mixed in there with every different athlete uh, and you're not with your team. Uh, but if the intent's there and the effort's there, which 
100%, giving 100% is going to be different every day. Obviously, like, you can't go all out every single day. You're not going to feel one your best every day, but 100% looks different every day for every every single human, much less athlete. But if you do what you can every day, then you're going to make some changes. And I think it's tough for a lot of students to understand that there's no way to cheat. Like, you got to put the work in. I think, and also, too, I, I guess it's going back to being a student or a kid nowadays or a teenager nowadays. Um, it's all, and I, I guess it's part of being on social media and having stuff like this where almost everything is just like instantly. Like, you get it now. And 100%, man. Strength conditioning is not, it's not instant. And maybe you make small gains here and there in a few weeks, but you're not playing, you know, the, you know, if I go bench today, right, and I have massive triceps tomorrow, man, I mean, that, that's just not going to happen. It's consistent effort throughout a long period of time. And I think that's where kids kind of get this idea of like, well, I want now. I want to be fast now. It's like, you're not going to be fast now. You're not going to be strong now. You may be naturally, you know, genetics, whatever. You know, that's that's a different aspect of, you know, the, the athletes, the, you know, the athlete. But, you know, you don't get strong, like really freakishly strong by accident. You don't get freakishly fast by accident. It's consistent effort. No, you're you're right. Uh, James Clear had a tweet yesterday that just resonated with me about, like he said, people overestimate what they can get done or what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do over a year. Like progress takes patience and consistency over a long time. Uh, like I like I told you, man, it takes a long time to build a program. It takes a long time to build a culture. And like I get frustrated just like students do when you know we're not making gains or improvements like I think we should but I try not to I try not to harp on that and stay on that because you got to zoom out and see the big picture and create some space and see all right we are we are making progress it may not be in this specific area but I'm doing this better today than I was yesterday I may not PR on my flight 10 but uh I'm moving a lot better I feel like I'm not running as like my top speed, but my movements are better. Uh, it's hard to do though, man. Uh, whether you're a high school student or just a grown adult, consistency is hard and discipline is needed. <laughs> uh, but it's difficult. It's difficult to understand that. It. I mean, it took me a while. I thought I worked hard growing up, and I did. But there's so much more I feel like I could have done to be a better baseball player or even a better person. Uh, but, I mean, I think that's the name of the game. Looking back and thinking, I could have done more here. What can I do now to not look back and feel that way? Right, and I always go back to the quote that I see a lot on uh, Twitter, is that full-time consistency beats part-time intensity. And I mean, it holds true. I, even as an adult now, you know, I talk about athletes. You know, we need to be more consistent. 
And um, I'm glad you brought up like my frustrations as well uh, with, you know, the, our strength program that we're trying to establish here. And it's like, man, you know, these kids are, you know, they don't understand, you know, what, you know, whatnot. And kind of putting that reality, it's like, you, you know, dude, you only been there for like two or three months. Like they don't know you. And I was like, that's fair. That that's 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 very fair. Um, but it does put in perspective of like, you've only been there three months, man. You haven't been there three years. You haven't been there four years. If we're having the same problems in four years, then yeah, we probably need to take a look at like what's actually going on. But you know, haven't been there long enough to figure out or to have something established. And I think the same thing for athletes, especially freshmen that walk in like they have nothing established. More, more likely, they don't have something established unless they had a phenomenal middle school program. They probably don't have anything established. And then they want to walk in the weight room and then bust out varsity weight. It's like that's not going to happen over time or it's not going to happen instantly. It happens over time. Well, no, you're right, man. Like in that conversation we had that day, you were frustrated. Uh I mean, my first year, like, I don't, I can't remember any seniors that I vibed with, and many juniors <clears throat> uh, on on that same hand. Like, it takes a while to build trust from your athletes and your coaches. Like my first two years, it it was rough uh, getting them to buy in and build that relationship that they so they they can trust you uh but that i mean it doesn't mean that your feelings aren't validated when you're getting frustrated because they are because it means you ultimately you care uh but if you're going to start at a new program i think it is very valuable to concentrate on those sophomores and freshmen and try not to worry too much about those juniors and seniors. If you snag some and, and they're bought into what you're doing, that's a plus, in my opinion. Uh, build the base. Just, I mean, it's no different than when we're talking about strength training or anything. Like, build the base, the foundation. And I think if you're starting a new program, your freshmen and sophomores are the base. Get them bought in. Get them rocking and rolling on what you expect and i think two or three years down the road maybe even longer than that you're going to see ultimately your what you envision come to fruition uh but it's difficult with any program whether it's athletic academics band it takes a long time man a long time to establish that culture, establish that trust, and get it headed in the direction that that you want it to go in. Absolutely, man. And I could say better myself. So, um, what are some things that you did at Murray starting out that helped not only get buy-in but also have your athletes trust you? Because that you know it's as good as I do. Uh, if they don't trust her, they're not going to listen. And they're not going to listen. You're, you're just going to end up being frustrated like we talked about. So what are some things that you did to instill trust? Uh, 
just having a good relationship, trying to find some common ground with students, uh, getting them to like you as a person is very valuable. Um, my first year at Murray, of course, I, I've trained privately before Murray. Murray was my first where I was actually the strength coach. And those are the classes we had. So up until Murray, I wasn't dealing with 30 kids at a time. I was private sector and I was teaching PE. So I was dealing with middle school kids on the PE level. And then I would train private sector outside of that. So I wasn't dealing with kids in the weight room 30 at a time. So my first year, it was, it was a struggle. Uh, I was, I was that guy. And I'm sure you've been there. I'm sure every strength coach has been there. I was trying to write a program for every single sport, which is very murky, especially at Murray, where we've got 560 students. And I had the percentage somewhere, the percentage of athletes that we have that play more than one sport. So here I was trying to write the perfect program for every sport. And it was not even controlled chaos. It was just chaos, man. I was having kids get done in like 10 minutes. Like this isn't, this isn't work. This isn't going to work. And as bad as COVID was that spring is when COVID hit and it allowed me to take a step back. We were not in session. Let me take a step back and make some changes that I I still kind of follow some of those guidelines for when we got back from COVID. Programs changed here and there, obviously, little tweaks. and But COVID was a blessing. I was able to learn quite a bit about managing 35 kids at a time. Uh, I switched and made a one program and just manipulate the volume and intensity. And it went so much better. But Aside from building relationships and getting to, you know, caring about those athletes and students, just from whether they work hard for you or not, getting to know them on a personal level and care about their well-being, getting results, getting results in the weight room, uh, getting kids faster and jumping higher, that's a big part of it. Uh, and I'm not doing any magic tricks or anything. We're, we try to hammer the basics. We try to figure things out together. And if they can get results, I think that's, that's a big part of them trusting you. You know, I think that would be one of the biggest things, helping build a relationship, care about you know, what they do at school, caring about what they do outside of school, getting to know them, having deep conversations with them, just like any other human being and wanting the best for them and then getting results. That would be, those would be my two things that I would say helps create a little buy-in. Getting results is huge, man. I remember a few athletes just sitting there thinking, I, I could see the look on their faces like, why the hell are we doing this, man? Why are we doing like these 10 yard flies with the five yard building? Why can't I not just run from one end of the hallway to the other? Like, why does it have to be this 
specific metric and whatnot. And you know, um, I said on another another episode, I was like, man, I I know that y'all just know me for like a couple of weeks now, but you're just gonna have to trust me. You know, just just trust me for right now. I can tell you all the scientific stuff. I can tell you the whole uh, set of principle, whatnot. But y'all have got to trust me on just certain things that we do in here, and they will pay dividends later. Just you just gotta trust me. And eventually, you know, uh, getting the kids faster, getting them stronger. Heck, even in the season, like for our football team, we I think we only had like one injury. We had no That's zero awesome. zero groin issues, and that's something I had dealt with at Northside when I was at Bolivar and I mean just sitting there like oh my groin it hurts it hurts it hurts and may have changed our program when I came to Dyer County and zero zero groin issues I mean that's results for them saying like I'm not gonna get hurt I'm gonna play a full season and ultimately win and like even when you hitting on that you you get kids that they get frustrated that they aren't PR in every week, but like in my mind, that's a PR in itself. Like you're healthy, you're playing at a high level and we're not hurt. Like you're available to play. Like that's a PR in my mind. And, and it's difficult to get students to see that too, because they get so frustrated with not PR and every time that we test, uh, but there are like, there are PRs in other areas. Like I said, we're moving better. You look smoother running. You look smoother moving that weight that you struggled moving two weeks ago. Uh, in in the, the same sense, like I had, I've got a baseball player that he's been struggling with his numbers. Like testing numbers are not great, com- especially compared to last year. So, like I sat down, and this has happened with maybe two or three of my athletes, I sat down and I'm like, what are we, like, what do we need to change? Is it, if it's something I'm programming that we need to change or do we need to look at your sleep, your nutrition, your recovery? And like, he was honest enough and said, I don't sleep. He's like, I lay down. I'm probably getting four or five hours of sleep a night. I just can't sleep. And I was like, well, we need, we need to figure this out because you get frustrated that we're not PR and or, or we're not hitting the same numbers that we were last year at this time. And you don't see that very often at that level, taking responsibility like that. And I was proud of him. I was like, you might want to be a doctor. I was like, I know people struggle with insomnia. I said, and all this stuff that we're doing in here in the weight room and the gym and doing our sprints, I was like, it doesn't mean anything if you're not recovering from it. And we're just loading you up with stress. But like I'm not a I'm not above if it's something on my end that we need to switch up for you to make progress. I'm not above that. Like I don't know everything. I'm still trying to make educated guesses, just like you know, the rest of us. And I thought I thought that was a big moment for him to admit, like, I don't sleep. I I struggle to sleep. I think I'm tired, and then I lay down and I can't go to sleep. So that's a big thing, you know, uh, admitting when something needs to change. And I thought that was awesome of him. I also appreciate that 
you're not married to your program, right? This is my way or the highway of we're going to do XYZ thing because I believe XYZ thing is going to work and I know it will work. Um, and that's something that great coaches do is have flexibility and I guess fluidity of being able to um, manipulate their program to fit the needs of their athletes. I mean, kudos to you, man. I mean, I know coaches that will live and die on a heel for their program. And, you know, there's coaches like you that let whatever it takes for you to be successful. If that means we'll switch this exercise, if it means we'll take it out, if it means I got to go back and reevaluate everything that we've done, so be it. No, I think, and two years ago, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't have said that. Uh, but I've gotten to the point, like you said, I'm not married to any specific movement. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm trying to catch a stimulus and whatever, whichever way that we can catch that stimulus, we'll get there. I mean, we do, we've got bilateral squat this nine weeks. We did split squat the first nine weeks. And either one of those movements, I don't care if the bar is on their back or not. Like, I give them options. They can either do dumbbell split squats, what we did the first nine weeks. They can do use our safety squat bars. They can use the barbell. It doesn't matter to me. Like, I've got a girl that she she worries about putting the bar on her back. Her family's got a history of back issues. She hasn't put a bar on her back one time this year. We're still getting faster. She said a PR today on her fly ten. She said a PR today on her vertical. And she, barbell has not touched her back. And two years ago, I probably would have been a stickler about, no, we need to do our back squats today. But this nine weeks on our cycle, all it says up there on our program is bilateral squat. I let them choose if they want to do back squat, front squat, zercher, goblet squat. It does not matter to me. If you come into a class, you may see some kids doing safety bar squat, regular barbell squat. You may see a kid doing front squat, zercher squat, goblet. Like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're chasing that stimulus, and we're going to find it whichever way is most comfortable for them and whichever movement they feel the most confident in. Uh, it doesn't matter to me, man. We're going to get there, and there are so many ways to get there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, here's a follow-up question. How many students actually chose desertion squats? Man, I have, I have, like, maybe one or two. It's not many. We went through a cycle, it may have been, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, where we everybody did zercher squat and i might have had four or five that loved them and the rest of them hated it uh but right now during our bilateral squat cycle you may see one or two kids out of all 200 kids i see do a zercher squat but they have they have the option to mark yeah i asked that because with our football team i think it was week nine ten um we're doing box Zercher squats. It's like I just want hit the knees. You know, just I, I just just want that. So I introduced zerchers that way, and introduced it by putting on two seventy five, 
hitting it right there Oof. and did like two or three reps and then racking it. And it's, of course, football boys are going to try to test you and see like if they're if they can lift it. And of course, you know some of them can, some of them yeah. can't. You know, you know your offensive lineman. I had a kid that was like two eighty. It's like I would hope that you can exert your squat. You know, two seventy five, two eighty plus pounds. But at the same time, you know, there's there's going to be a few kids that try it as well. I was I was curious. No, I don't have I don't have very many that that try the Zurcher anymore. A majority of them on our bilateral squat days are using regular barbell back squat. Uh, there's probably 25% that like the safety squat bars, and then I probably have 20% that just go heavy goblet squat, uh, which I'm fine with. Uh, some of them use wedges, and some of them don't. Some of their some of their form is fine. Some of their squats are squatty without the wedges, and some of them, I'm like, hey, we need we need to get the wedges because I'm not worried about your ankle mobility right now. We can find other ways to do that, and your squats just look better. We get a little deeper range of motion uh, with the wedges, but there's a lot of different things going on. But at the end of the day, it's the same but different. Yeah, you change the stimulus, man. Uh, yep. principles remain the same um, but I do love that you, you give them uh, choices of what well, we have a bilateral squat well, Go I can't for tell it. you how many, how many students like we, we use rack coach uh, ultimately as a timer and to help keep them on track so up there in one of the rectangles, rectangles it just says bilateral squat and I can't tell you how many we've been doing this for nine weeks I can't tell you how many students will still say, what's bilateral squat? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Just squat. It's two, two feet, like two legs together. We're using both legs. That's what a bilateral squat is. You want to do back squat, yada, yada. But, I mean, that's just dealing with high school athletes. College, I'm sure it's, it's the same. It was whenever I was a GA. Uh, they just don't remember very much. I'm like, how have you made it this far in life? Like, we've been doing these movements for nine weeks. How do we still not know some of them, you know? And that's another quality of being a strength coach is uh, repeatability. You're going to have to repeat yourself a lot. A lot of times, man. man. Just keep saying the same thing. It's frustrating some days. I try not to let my frustrations get the best of me. But, I mean, we all have those days where you're just like, come on, like, what the hell are we doing? This is literally the ninth week we've been doing these same movements. What this tells me either, you're either trying to engage in conversation with me, and you don't know how else to do that, or you literally haven't been paying attention the past eight weeks, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, man, this, that's high school for you. Uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping some things up here. Uh, let's go ahead and do conjugate coach spotlight. So is there any strength conditioning coach, sport performance coach out there that you'd like to shout out or um, highlight? Man, you put me on the spot. There's, I hate putting lists together because I always leave someone off. Uh, but there are, there are so many guys out there doing a good job at what they do. Uh, Programs are probably completely different, but they've got kids bought in, uh, and they're doing a great job. I can't name. You can't put me on the spot like that. Uh, 
I can't name just one coach, man. There's there's so many that that I learn from every day, and a lot of them have helped shape me uh, into the coach that I am today. I can't name just one. I can't do that, man. <laughs> no, I I get you, man. There's a there's a plethora of strength coaches out there that doing really good work out there. Um, and it is hard just to pinpoint just like one or two people when there's a whole hundreds of them that are doing, you know, really good work out there. Oh, you're 100% correct. Uh, but the ones that, that I'm in contact with and touch base on a regular basis, like they know who they are. And those of you that know who you are, keep making an impact and keep striving to be the best version of yourself because it shows and it impacts uh, not only myself but other coaches that have either been in the game a long time or just coming up. Uh, don't be a dick. Be a good human, you know. <laughs> that's, that's good advice, Coach. That, that's really good advice. Um Tyler, I want to thank you again for uh, making the time to be on here, man. I know we talked about it off and on what feels like a year. It probably has been a year or something like that, but oh, sure. um, I'm glad that we set this, uh, some time aside and uh, life kind of finally slowed down for the both of us and uh, been able to do this, man. It's been fun. Awesome. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm going to get over to Dyer County soon and see what kind of programs you're doing over there. Uh, and you need to set aside to come see me at Murray one time soon, too. I'm not going to lie, man. I thought about reaching out. Was today? Wednesday? No, Tuesday. I think I thought about reaching out like Sunday and say, hey, can I come to Murray tomorrow? You should see have. Uh, I you should like, have, man. Yeah. We, uh, I had Nate Sovereign from uh, Moorhead State's. Uh, he's their football strength and conditioning coach, which is about six hours from me. And he had set it up probably probably a month ago to come down and just – he was trying to branch out and see what other strength coaches are doing. And uh, he – I thought he was going to stop at Murray State, see some of the strength coaches there, and he pulls up for my morning session with me, and I'm like, what else you got on the docket today after you get done here? He's like, nothing, man. I want, I just want to see what you're doing. You got a lot of good things going on from what I see on Twitter. So he said, I'm going to be with you all day. And then I'm going to head home. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I ain't wor I ain't worthy of, you know, that attention, but it was awesome to talk shop with him today. He saw what everything we do. Uh, and it was a good time. So if you ever, want to come to Murray, Kentucky, man, the favor will be uh, reciprocated, and I'd love to come to Dyer County and see what you're running over there. Please do it, man. Please do it. You know the door's always open for you. My man. All right, that's another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Please follow our social medias at Conjugate Chat Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. Also, y'all follow Tyler on his social medias as well. In the name of strength, stay strong, and have a day.